This Marketplace podcast is supported by Invest Puerto Rico. Build the future in paradise. Puerto Rico, a hub for innovators brimming with world-class talent and a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem. Learn more at investpr.org backslash marketplace today. Surprise! Surprise! Let's do it. There we go. There we <laughs> yeah. go. And we I got it. Those moments. Hey everybody, I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you everyone for joining us on this Monday, November the 6th. We'll do some news, some smiles, uh, and then get you on your merry way. We will begin with the news. Uh, what, Ms. Adams, do you have? Uh, I discovered today, because you know you got to learn something new every day, that I am personally responsible for the de- declining birth rate in this country. <laughs> <laughs> really? Go on. Yes. So the Washington Post has a uh, section, which I love, called Department of Data. And they had a piece out a couple days ago that says, Millennials aren't having kids. Here are the reasons why. And originally, they were looking into data about the declining birth rate, and they thought they were going to see an increase in the number of families with just one kid because kids are so Mm. expensive and so maybe a lot more families were choosing just to have one child but actually that's not what they found the number of you know zero single child households has remained steady along with the you know uh three kid families has gone down a little bit but not Mm -hmm. much four kid families pretty steady five kid families pretty steady two Mm. kid households down quite a bit but the biggest spike is zero children and so Mm. the number the chart that they have the number of times women have given birth in their lifetime average ages 25 to 44 the zero number has just shot up and so Let me just find this. So something like Mm -hmm. one in five American women ages 25 to 44 are one and done, which is bizarre given birth rates. But Mm -hmm. then if you look down, the number of women who had zero children soared. Only children held steady. To be sure, this is partly because women are starting their families later and thus having second children later, maybe after 44. But even among women in their early 40s, the share of only children has barely budged in more than three decades, crawling from 17% in 1990 to 19% in 2022. That suggests a simple explanation. If people want kids, they want more than one. A consistent minority stops at one, be it for biological logical, philosophical, or logistical reasons, but otherwise, children seem to be a multiple or nothing proposition. And um, yeah. Anyway, there's a bunch of interesting data in this. Um, Bigger families coming back in style because apparently a lot of people think that it's kind of mean to have just one kid because the child will be lonely or something like that. Mm. Um, You know. I don't know. Uh, um, my yeah, my good friend is an only child, and, and she's weird, so yeah. <laughs> so that's all different thing. Yes. Oh, man. Right. She listens so, to the podcast. Yeah, she knows. Uh, and she will know. She will know. Yes, uh, she will know. Let's see. So uh, mine is uh, different. I was about to make some joke about whether Elon Musk is an only child, but I don't know. I know he's in business with his cousin. Anyway, the reason I bring up he Elon Musk kids, is because he, he does. He has like, he has, yes. Yes, he has so many kids um, by, by, uh, with several different women, it should be pointed out. Um, 
so Elon Musk, SpaceX. Here's an article in Bloomberg today, and I bring this up only because uh, I've been critical of the way Mr. Musk has handled the whole uh, Starlink thing and the way, frankly, that he has been allowed to handle the whole Starlink thing. Uh, anyway, SpaceX is on track, uh, Bloomberg reports, to book revenues about $9 billion this year across its rocket launch and Starlink businesses. Sales for Starlink in particular are expected to outpace and exceed the launch business next year as the product becomes available in more regions around the world. Now, let's remember what Starlink is. It's these series of microsatellites, thousands of them, which are providing, among uh, many other things, internet service to Ukraine, except near Crimea, and internet service uh, in and around Israel, except over Gaza. So uh, I've commented about this before. It's really scary that one guy who has troubling tendencies has so much power over geopolitics and the future of this planet. Mm -hmm. um, and yet more and more people are countries rather, not people, countries are signing up for his service, which makes sense. They need it. And God bless his entrepreneurial spirit. But can you imagine what would happen if, let's just say, Boeing or Raytheon, another couple of big defense contractors, uh, turned off their product in midair, shall we say, and said, no, you can't use it over, uh, I don't know, like Russia or something. Just kind of bizarre. Just kind of wild. Uh, but still, he's going gangbusters with his business. I just wonder, you know, if you think about a company like Boeing or Raytheon that has sort of a very traditional corporate structure, you know, with mm -hmm. a CEO most people can't name, um, boards, most people <laughs> don't know true. who's on it. Um, versus, you know, Tesla, SpaceX, you know, whatever, where everyone knows it's Elon Musk and Elon Musk is in charge and Elon Musk is making all of the decisions. Mm. And, you know, how much does that factor into the power, you know, right. because he right. can't, uh, the CEO of Raytheon and Boeing, they, in theory, could be given the boot. Elon Musk cannot yep. be. And so right. that, in some ways, empowers him even more because he has such a grip on those companies. Because there you is. Bet. You bet. And Oh, totally. And, and we should point out here, for those who may not be aware, SpaceX is a privately held company. Musk controls it. And so he gets to make all the decisions. So there is, I'm sure, some advisory board or something at SpaceX, but they're, they're Which he ignores, and they have no real sure. power. Right, exactly. You know, he ignores the board of Tesla, too, and Tesla is publicly traded. So that's a whole different thing. But, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's really scary. It's really scary. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I got. Okie dokie. Happy way to start a Monday. <laughs> yep. All right, go ahead. Okay. So my smile, a uh, hat tip to Courtney Bergseeker, who sent this to me last week, and it definitely made me smile. It's a story in uh, NBC News about a 33-year-old woman who has made more than a thousand Wikipedia bios for a relatively unknown female scientist. Her name is Jessica Wade. And she began writing Wikipedia biographies about women and minority hmm. scientists who never got their due, either when they were alive or even if they're still alive, just getting dismissed, either from their employers, other scientists, or for the public. You know, Wikipedia is a public commons, and so people can put, you know, whatever they want into it, you know, vetted through the community and all that stuff. But um, women um, scientists, women leaders, all sorts of women in general tend to be underrepresented on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. And we did a story on this on Marketplace Tech, Tech a while back. Even when people put Wikipedia bios for women 
on Wikipedia, they tend to get like flagged more and edited more and like a bunch of trolls will go after them and try to mess with them. And so anyway, Jessica Wade um, received the prestigious British Empire Medal, which, you know, Empire, whatevs. But anyway, she was honored (laughs) for, um, you know, doing all of this work to support women scientists. And then that made me smile. So love it. That's super cool. Super cool. Yeah. Here, uh, here is a, a science-related story that actually uh, kind of thrilled me because for a long time, the goal of aviation has do has been to become more sustainable, right? They're now working slowly on sustainable aviation fuels, which are green-based in theory. Great piece in the New York Times on Friday uh, about electric airplanes and this company called Beta, based out of Vermont, Uh, which has a prototype which is flying up to 386 miles on a charge. Think about that, on a charge for airplanes. Mm. Um, Mostly it's just cargo now. Uh, But it's like the future of aviation. This company has gotten $800 million in venture capital funding, also funding, by the way, from some of the big airlines uh, and Amazon's Climate Pledge Fund and a bunch of other things. Um, But it's really cool. It's got a 50-foot wingspan, really cool-looking windows, a rear propeller, push propeller for those in in the field, which is a, a different beast. Um, here's the really cool, or one of the really cool parts. It's super quiet. It's so quiet that they could, if they wanted to take off their helmets, because these guys are test pilots and test aircraft, mm-hmm. they could take off their helmets and have a conversation. I mean, think about how loud like a, a 737 is or something like that, right? And even a small private plane is loud. I am about to say, even a single prop. This thing prop, is super quiet. You know. Right. This thing is super quiet. It's just a cool little story. It's it's the future coming to us on a plate, and it's really cool. And I just think it's it's getting there. It's getting there. We're getting there. But you know this is yeah. going to have military applications before anything oh, else. Of course. That quiet. Of course. You bet. Military um, spending the money. You better believe it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. There <laughs> Sorry, we go. Didn't mean to there we diminish go. your smile. I'm smiling anyway. Yay. It's all good. Um, go well... That is it for today. Short and sweet. Got it done. Um, Tomorrow, we are going to do a deep dive, our weekly deep dive. We're going to continue our series on climate solutions, like the plane that can do cargo short distances. Yays, climate solutions. We're working on it. Or people, you know, having fewer kids for what it's worth. (laughs) Sorry, can't let it go. Anyway, next up in our climate solutions uh, series is carbon capture. The technology has been in the works for decades with not a whole lot to show for it, but nowadays governments and companies are sort of banking on it to meet their net zero emissions goals. So we're going to get into how carbon capture works and what needs to happen before it can work on a large scale. Till then, you know what to do. 508-UB-SMART. Make me smart at marketplace.org. That's how you get us. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by Jake Cherry. Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter. Our intern is Neela Farshabandi. Marissa Cabrera is the senior producer of this podcast. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts here at Marketplace World Headquarters. Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand as well. For what it's worth, I do love children. I think they're adorable when they're someone else's.